This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hyde. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today, I have a really fun episode with my friend Jess Hoffheimer. You are listening to episode 351. Jess just ran a PR, a two minute personal record at the California International Marathon. She has been on a journey, a very long journey. This PR was eight years in the making. She ran a 311 in Boston eight years ago. Um, There's a lot of layers to Jess's story, but the one thing that rings true in this episode to me and just through knowing Jess and getting to talk with her on runs is that there's a lot of beauty in the long game. There's a lot of beauty in having patience and believing in the process. And Jess is going to talk to you about her process. She's going to talk to you about what it's like working with her coach, David Roach. And we also talk about her experience with disordered eating and how that has played a role in her life over the years and how seeing a therapist has really changed her life. So uh, I think that you guys will all take a lot from this episode. I know I did. And I'm just I'm honored to be friends with Jess, and I I feel so lucky that I get to live near her now and go on runs with her. If you aren't following Jess on social media, go do that. She is Pace of Me on Instagram. She also has a coaching business. She's a great running coach, and she also, she's the mom of three, and she has a art business. So she is an artist and if you follow we run on art she creates these amazing beautiful designs that are running related relationship related they're just so great go follow her and we run on art on instagram okay friends today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by koala clip koala clip is the absolute best way to carry your phone on a run I, well, I used it this morning. I use it every time I run. I just clip it to the back of my Razorback sports bra. And guess what? They also have sports bras and leggings and sweatshirts and shirts and tank tops. They have a great new line. Um, I have their crop tights that I am loving. They fit super comfortably. They don't move around. And their sports bras are really cute too. Just very soft material, the perfect amount of padding. I'm so proud of Christina, the founder of Koala Clip. Go support this small business and get yourself a little something fun or a good gift. This is a great gift idea as well for I actually used my discount code for Koala Clip to buy my sister a Christmas gift this year. I got her Koala Clip and one of the sweatshirts that Christina has to offer. Go to koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER10. That's another one zero, and that'll get you 10% off your order. And if you are loving the show, friends, please leave us a quick rating and review. That is a huge help in potential new listeners finding the show. Hey, make sure you are also following me on Instagram. I just did an Instagram live with Sarah Vaughn. We recapped her race at CIM. She won the whole dang thing and debuted the marathon in 226. You might have heard our pre-race interview here on this podcast feed. You can hear the post-race interview on Instagram. I am Lindsay Hines 626 over there. We had a 35-minute conversation. 
that you can check out. It is in my feed over on Instagram. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Jess. All right. Yay. Today on the podcast, I'm doing an in-person interview with my friend Jess, Jess Hoffheimer. Welcome back to the show, Jess. Thank you. Uh, I remember the first time I interviewed you, I was at my friend's lake house in Plymouth, Indiana. And oh my gosh, it must have been 2016. Was it 2016? It was 2016 because we had just moved to North Carolina. So it's easy for me to remember. Wow. And that's so full circle. Right. Now that I live in North Carolina. I had no idea. Crazy. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So 2016, that was when you were like early on getting healthy. Yeah. I mean, that was five, that's five years ago. Yeah. I think it was, you know what, now that we're talking about it, it might be 2017. It might've been a year that I'd been here because I mean, kids were at camp. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, well, anyway, it was 2016 or 2017 and yes, totally right. I think I had already had my foot procedure. Um, I know I had started working with Tawny to like do gut healing. Didn't I mm-hmm. tell you all about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I had already met my friend Andrea who has ALS. And mm-hmm. I remember we talked about that yeah. on the podcast. So it was, it was 2017. So let's just, I want to speed everybody up a little bit. Um, Jess just ran 309 at CIM. Congratulations. Yay, thank you. And previous PR was 311. 311 yep. what? It was like 311. I want to say 56. It was just thought by the gym. Like, what do you say? The skin of my teeth. Yeah. I got a 311. And yeah. you were 309 what? 36. <laughs> okay. I I tracked like four people at CIM. You were one of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could not have ran a smarter race. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm really proud of myself for that. Was it, did that make you nervous it. though? Because like even coming through the half, you're... Because let's just... For everybody that knows, Jess's goal was to PR. It was just to PR. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately I think we had talked about this on a run one time. Like I wanted to run the race I felt I was capable of, which would have been a PR, you know, I mean, and so I knew I could do it and that's what I, that's what I wanted. But yeah, in my heart, it was like, I want to run a race that is my fastest ever because I feel, I believe with all my heart I could do it and that I'm in the best place with running that I've ever been. And I just, I wanted my PR my time to reflect where I know I'm at because it it just hadn't for almost eight years yeah and you're like healthiest like yeah my healthiest my most like holistically like happy you know there are a lot of layers to that and that's why I went to California and like did it the way that I did so I mean yeah I was nervous about the course which I mean a lot of people say oh you can run fast at CIM and it's true Um, but it's similar to Boston in that there's a ton of downhill in the beginning and like those first six six miles, the first mile is like crazy downhill. Really? Yeah. And so you can get carried away with that and like run too fast, um, and then really be paying for it later. And when I was doing a lot of my pre-race, like studying of, of things, Um, a lot of people were saying, oh yeah, it's okay to be at marathon pace this early in the race because you have all that downhill. And that's just not typically how I race or I advise my athletes to race. Um, and so I, I was just like, I really wanted to make sure I was focusing on effort and not being foolish. So 
Um, I just decided to trust that and hope for the best. I felt so good. I felt so good. It's so cool to track people and see like the splits come in and your splits Mm -hmm. just like kept coming down every marker, which I I will say I would take some more updates if these trackers (laughs) could give us. They didn't have a 10K split. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Was it just five and then half? It went from five to half. I mean, I think. no, it might, thank yeah, you. Five, they might have done a fifteen k. There was a twenty and a thirty, and I'm like, that's mm-hmm. too big of a gap. Ten k, yeah. right there. I think it went five, fifteen, half, and then like twenty, thirty, forty. You well, know. let's just talk about that right off the bat. Then, like, how you stay confident knowing that the first half of the race, you're like slower than what mm-hmm. your goal. Mm-hmm time is and yeah. believing that like this is the right plan for me and this is how I'm going to finish totally. the str- race the strongest yeah I mean I uh, to be honest every time I've run a really good marathon PR I've done it that way yeah and so I've gotten to a point and like coach people to that so I'm a believer in the negative split not only does like do you feel your best but you you usually run your best mm-hmm. you know it's a hard thing to trust like you're saying but um you know, and then like this course, like I said, with all that downhill, it was like, yeah, but if you're running by effort, you won't you just be faster? Mm-hmm. You know, so I will say I was a little faster than I might have been even still, even though I did run negative splits like that because because it was so downhill. So um, I in, in the beginning, like so CIM is funny because there's a lot of uphill too. Like it's very rolly. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say like training here in the Raleigh area it was a blessing for that course because I think the steepest hill was mile eight and the longest hill was mile 10 uh, in CIM. And I literally was like, um, are you serious? <laughs> like I, I just like there that's nothing compared to what's here and so I I really just I was like take it one mile at a time and hold yourself back like I have this like adage for myself and my athletes I'm like the first like six to eight miles of the marathon I want to feel like a caged animal like I am like Uh literally just can't wait to like let it loose and I rein it in stay calm um you know and just kind of like be okay with people passing me, mm-hmm. especially on those downhills. Um, and then, you know, what, but what, like, honestly, like when I came through the half and I thought, okay, like at this point I can, I can like get like flirt a little bit with like being, being a little bit faster. I knew going into this race, I was capable of anything between seven and seven fifteen pace, which is like a pretty big range. Um, but I was, I was like, if I run anything in that, I'll be happy in the second half, the whole race. Like mm. I was like, so in the beginning I started out thinking I'd start around seven thirty pace and like, just kind of see how I felt at that effort. Um, the second mile I ran a seven thirty. that was my slowest mile mm. of the whole race. And then I found that I was like, just clicking off like seven fifteen, seven sixteen. like they were just like clicking off at the same pace like right around that for the first half when I came to the second half of the race I kind of pushed to like closer to seven minute pace and it felt easy at mile 16 I was like oh my gosh I think I have this in the bag and then I was like (laughs) you know what don't you're like don't get too confident Jess you still have 10 miles to go and so but but then I was like I had this conversation in my head I was like yeah but you don't need to run any harder than this and you have it in the bag 
And I felt so, I felt so comfortable. Like I was nailing everything, like my nutrition, my hydration, my body felt so balanced and the weather was perfect. I wasn't phased by the hills. By that point, I was through everything that they warned you about, like the hardest hills in the race. Um, Except for I was a little concerned about rollers at mile 19. And then the last hill was like up this bridge around mile 22. And so I was like, I'm going to sort of stay in this like comfortable. And I just decided I wasn't going to race until after that hill, mm. um, which it, looking back, I'm like, I had more in me. I could have because that hill was nothing. It was like a little bridge. I was like, this is a hill. Uh-huh. You know, it was just everything was working so fluidly. So when I got to that bridge at 22, like still I was clicking off like 702, 705 leading through that. And I saw my husband, um, like just after that hill and I just, I was so happy to see him and I don't really like use bad words. It's like, <laughs> like it's just something like in my nature, my parents raised me that way. Um, but sometimes they're, you use them like Shalane did, you know, and I used her word and I was like, Robert, like I'm effing doing it. And he like, he was videoing like a live photo or whatever. I think for the kids, I was like, oh no. <laughs> but um, he was, he was so surprised because like he doesn't usually hear me you know um I usually get like really awkward I'm just not good at using them but um you know so I was just so pumped after I saw him and then like once I made it through that I just like kicked it up another gear I was done taking my fuel I stopped one time to grab some like hydration and at that water stop it was like so crowded and congested because so many people were walking Mm. um so I got like hitched a little bit slowing down there but I didn't really care and my last two miles were my fastest ones. What were they? Um, Just under seven. Wow. Under seven. In the 650s. Um, That's incredible. And I felt so good. Like I just, that's what like I could, it was like, wow, this is really, this is amazing. I I just can't emphasize enough how um, helpful it is to negative split a marathon because I came across the finish line knowing I have faster in me. Like I could have, you know, decided to race a little bit sooner. Maybe I would have like, mm-hmm. you know, had to go. I, I mean, I never like I never went to a dark place mentally. I'm not the kind of racer that is like um, I talked to my coach about this one time after a half last year, because sometimes I've wondered, like, do I need to go to like the pain cave or like this like dark place and like, you know, make myself hurt? Like, you know, that whole concept. Yeah. Like, I just doesn't work for me. And I told David, my coach, on David a call, Roach, yeah, yeah, he's so amazing. But on the call we had after a half last year, when I raced very similarly, um, I wanted to talk to him about it. And I was like, David, I just don't like, that's not who I am. And I don't know if like, is that what it's going to take for me to PR? Like, do I need to make myself hurt like that? Mm. You know, like in this mental place, like, do I need to go like, you know, I don't know. I've read Alexi Pappas's book and um, Jesse Diggins. She's like a cross country Olympian, cross country skiing Olympian. And they talk about like pain and like, Going you know, kind of like lights out. Like, yeah, I don't know what that's like. I told David, I was like, I mean, when I had my babies, I was like epidural. Like, Same. you know, I want to have fun. <laughs> I want to be present. I want to like yep. soak it up and like yep. know how like badass and like joyful I mean literally this sounds so corny but like 
at one point in my race, I was like, oh my God, I feel so beautiful. I feel so strong. Like I just was really being like my own hype woman in this way that like I just, I hadn't ever experienced before um, this ability to be like, you're, you're doing it, Jess. Like you've got this. And it was fun. I had fun. And so coming across the finish line, feeling that way, um, and then having Robert right there, it was just like, it was just so awesome. It, it really was an amazing experience. <laughs> it's like such a cool way to think about the marathon too, because I love that you say like, that's just not who I am. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to the dark place. Like I want to run faster, but like, I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. And that you didn't have to. Yeah. You just, you don't have to. What did, da- what did David oh, say he to you was when like, you He was that? like, oh no, you did that exactly how I wanted you to. He loved what I said. And he said like, you know, he really does believe. And he had talked about this and he and Megan in their book about, I think it's called The Happy Runner mm-hmm. um, or Happy Running yeah. or something like that. Happy Runner, I um, think. Yeah, it's so good. I haven't read it for a couple of years, but. I should pull it back out again. But, you know, they really do believe and I believe like your best running comes from your healthiest, happiest, like most joyful self and like most present self. And it is drastically different for me. When I ran my 311 PR um, almost eight years ago in Boston, I mean, I went to that race alone. My family stayed home. I was over 20 pounds lighter than I am now. And um, really disordered with my eating, with my rela- relationship to my body and myself. Running was kind of running away at the time. And I felt like in order to be good at running, like clearly I needed to be lighter. I needed to be more extreme in these ways. Um, and when I ran that race, I had to stop. I think it was mile 21 for some pretty bad GI issues. And when I crossed the finish line, yes, it was a PR, but I couldn't stand up straight. I mm. I literally like went back to, uh, we were staying in a little like uh, Airbnb, a friend of mine. And I stayed with her husband, her family. And I was like, you know, on the couch alone, um, not alone, but not alone because um, I had them. But like they all wanted to go out and celebrate. And I was in the fetal position on the couch. I was, I was had blood in my stool. I mean, I was really sick. And all I could get in my stomach was ginger beer. Um, ginger beer. Yeah, it's like ginger ale, but yeah. it, I don't know why they call it beer. It's like root beer, ginger. Yeah. I don't know. Megan, my friend, um, her mom was a nurse and she they went and got it for me. I couldn't go anywhere. Friends were all celebrating and I was I literally couldn't stand up. My stomach was really messed up and I that's not how you celebrate. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself and, um, you know, that that was kind of the beginning of me realizing that I was really not okay. Um, but it was so contradictory to be like, yeah, that's my best marathon. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was really hurting myself, you know, and yet it was celebrated because it was fast. It was your PR. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so that led me down this path of like, you know, healing, which was a long road. Um, but I got to this place where I was like, I know I can, I can do this and I, I wanted to do it differently and so I did. All right, friends, a quick break here to thank Beam for supporting this episode of the podcast. 
You've probably seen advertisements for Beam. They are amazing. Their Dream Blend is a delicious nighttime powder that has sleep-enhancing vitamins and minerals in it. I love the Dream Blend. They have a white chocolate peppermint flavor right now. It helps me sleep. It is a great nightly routine. It has nano CBD in it as well as melatonin, magnesium. It is such a great product. I love it so much. They also have a great hydration line. I love, I love their recovery blend. It is so good. It's this refreshing lemon flavor. And anytime I have a big sweaty workout, I am chugging that stuff. Helps me feel replenished, my electrolytes replenished, and it's just really good. Um, You guys can save when you go to beamorganics.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. You might want to check out their variety pack. They have a probiotic balance blend, a pre-workout, which is really fun, watermelon flavor, and then the recovery blend as well. And don't sleep on the dream blend. Get yourself some good sleep. Go to beamorganics.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, back to the show. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting watching you get here too because when you started getting healthy and I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I guess. I mean, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's just say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Feels that know, way to me. It, it took you a while to get what mm-hmm. we would call fast again, right? Yeah, like oh, you, for sure. You, were spe- you, were, you took your time and, mm-hmm. and you, you went and ran and I don't know what did you run like a 330 marathon at some point so and- in the last so okay when this like when I realized all of this let's you know I kind of like I tried to force it for a little while and like thought I was getting better and I did I ran like a 325 at New York in 2015 okay um so the PR was 2014 mm-hmm. then things started to like gradually like you know, I couldn't run as fast. I was sort of forcing it. I was trying to get better, but like not really. I was doing it on my own. I hadn't found a therapist, like was just kind of like, I don't know. It was just like a suffer fest. <laughs> suffer fest. Um, then I went to Boston in 2016 and I left my watch at home. Mm. Robert came with me. We were moving here and um, celebrating our 40th birthdays. I purposely left my watch at home like... I don't even want to know. I just want to be in Boston and celebrate being there. And I I ran a 409. Love it. Um, I don't know that I could have run faster that day, truthfully. Like, but I stopped and hugged and kissed my husband when I saw him in Wellesley. And, you know, like I had fun that day. Um, And it was, I would say that was like the beginning of like the healing. And we moved here. um, And I thought, Actually, when I was in Boston, I sat down with my husband and James McCurdy um, and I was thinking like, okay, I'm ready for this. Like I feel like now I'm ready to like be coached and go after this. So that was uh, what? Almost six years ago. Five. Yes. Almost six years ago. And James, I said to James, I was like, I don't know if this is possible. Like, did I run that fast because I was mm-hmm. that light? And mm-hmm. like, I was that extreme. I mean, I was running hundred mile weeks. And I can't, like, I can't imagine. It was cra- It was, it was very different approach. Like this time, I think I peaked at like 60, 62. Oh, I thought um, you were closer to 70. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. And like, that's so funny. I don't even really know. Like I would have been able to tell you to the second. Uh-huh. You know, I was very much more like obsessed uh-huh. with these things uh-huh. before. Um, but like David didn't really change like, 
if I got higher mileage, it was because my long run was longer, you know? Right. Or like yeah. it backed up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to go to show, like you don't need to run hundred mile weeks. You don't need to, you know, be 20 pounds lighter or whatever. Like those are actually not as great for you. And James did say to me, he said, Jess, you did not succeed because of those things. You succeeded in spite of them. Mm. And so he, like that was a pivotal moment for me and it was important to me that Robert was there and I did start to work with James who is a great guy um but then like oh I don't know three months later I started to have plantar issues Mm -hmm. and that turned into a tear in my foot um and I had nine months off of running at that point wow I called it my foot baby (laughs) Yeah, I did. I had to have a procedure done um, called 10X to heal the tear in my foot. And um, so that was like, a. I obviously wasn't coached by James during that time. Um, after that, I did half um, just like to bring myself back, you know, into running. I wasn't going to jump right into the marathon. And actually, Mary tr- coached me for that. Um, Mary from Lift Run Perform. Yeah, we but, all love Mary. Yeah, love Mary. Got to spend time with her this weekend too, which was awesome. I love it. Yeah, she's the best. And so she really helped me like believe in myself again. And then after that, I coached myself and I was like, okay, that was part, I was really integral in my healing too. It was like, um, because all this time too, I was going to therapy and like learning how to trust myself. And this is all like, so I was anorexic, suffered, I don't even think that's the right word, but like had this pattern, um, behavioral pattern of disordered eating that truthfully started when I was about nine years old. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like a coping mechanism that I turned to, um, you know, over different periods of my life. And I walked into Leslie, my therapist's office in the fall of 2016 at age 40 and was like, I just do you even recover from this? Like, I don't know that I believe that it's possible um, because I found that I thought I had. And then I really, I mean, no one goes and says, I'm going to go be anorexic and really disordered. (laughs) No one does that. It is not something you intentionally do. um, But I just, this pattern kept showing up in my life at different, you know, times. And the most recent was, you know, in a stressful time, you know, it's stressful having little kids and my husband and I were, you know, living with one income. And I mean, it was a stressful, it was stressful. And I found running as a way to kind of cope with that. And then just gradually slipped into these old patterns and running sadly like rewarded Mm -hmm. that in the short term, Mm -hmm. in the short term. Yeah. You are going to run faster when you lose weight. Um, but I, and I didn't have any of those, um, other signs of like red S, like I didn't have any bone injuries. I never lost my period. Um, my doctors, I go for my regular checkups and they would say I was fine, even though it was clear I had dropped a significant amount of weight. So for a couple of years, I was like really not taking care of myself. And I realized on the other end of it, when I sort of woke up to this, that like, yeah, I had used, eating disorder again 
and running. And so like, did I, did this behavior show up as an obsession with running, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, what would it be next? You know, eating disorder is like a form of addiction and running can be too. Oh, for sure. You know? And so Leslie, when I said that to her, she like right away, she was like, you know, you can recover from this. It's recovery. And she was, she was like, I have people in my office who are in their seventies, you know? And, um, I didn't want that to be me, you know? And so, um, I don't know, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but she really helped me learn how to have compassion for myself, how to forgive myself and how to trust myself again. And, or maybe for the first time, to be honest with you. And so, um, that was part of why I wanted to coach myself for that marathon. And I ran a 3:54. Okay. Um, in Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach that, um, I guess it was the spring of 2017. I didn't know they had yeah. a marathon there. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So I did that. And then I didn't run another marathon for about two years. I ran Indy. Yay. Um, and I ran a 337 there. That's the year you stayed at my yeah. house, right? Yeah. 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 So I went from like in my comeback of when I really felt like I was getting healthy. Mm-hmm. It was three marathons in five years. Yeah. One three fifty four, one three thirty seven, one three oh nine. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, and like, and someone actually, I posted about this on Instagram yesterday, and I like at the end of my post, I thanked a lot of people who helped me on this journey. Like, I worked with Tawny Gibson, who she does the um, Endurance Planet podcast, and she's she's like an angel in my life. She really mm-hmm. not only did she help me. Um, heal like can figure out what was going on with me like physically she was so compassionate about it and that's what actually inspired me to like take a step further and find my therapist Leslie um, but we worked together Leslie and I are still working together but in the beginning I saw her every week right now I might see her every few months and I like email her we'll do a virtual call like it's not like it was in the beginning when I needed her to really hold my hand through the process. I worked with Tani for maybe, I don't know, several months. Um, and I haven't worked with Tani again since that, since then. Um, at one point, I mean, I worked with James McCurdy. He was, he was really helpful. I was with him when I ran my 337. Been working with David for over just about two years. Um, I worked with Kylie, a nutritionist for a few months to really hone in on like the fueling strategies. Like I wanted to nail my nutrition and not have to take a bathroom stop, not Mm -hmm. have to deal with any of that. Um, but it wasn't like I, so someone wrote me yesterday and she was like, I just, oh, and I do Pilates and I do strength, you know, all these things. And I have my PT and my chiropractor. And like, I'm an elite athlete who can just like spend all the money and do all the things. And it's just like not like that, you know? And so she was like, I, what, if there was one thing you could do, you know? Sure. She's like, I'm a single mom. And I, mm. I was like, okay, first of all, this took me eight years. Right. And I didn't, I don't do all these things. Like right now I have my running coach. Yeah. And I see my PT, we call it search and destroy. I go like once a month, um, which I think check is, in. if you can afford that, I think it's and really, honestly like to during me, your training. Like, yeah, that's I really pay smart. out of pocket for it because it's yep. more affordable to me. It's and it's not outrageous. Like he has a little package um, and it's way better. When I went through what I went through with my foot, 
I don't want to tell you how much money I had to spend. Right, like preventative care. To figure care. out what was wrong, yeah. to get different uh, specialists to look at it. Then I had to have two different MRIs. Like, you know, it's way more expensive <laughs> to actually be heard. Right, right. Than it is if you really to think about it that way. go see my PT once a month and just make sure I'm, you know, but. Um, Search and destroy. I love that's that. That's what I call it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always something in our bodies that like could be off and you know for certainly for me as I I mean I'm almost 46 so you know I just I really do my homework I'm always doing my PT exercises my Pilates exercises you know that kind of thing but I wouldn't want it to like seem like oh yeah the only way to achieve what uh-huh, I achieved uh-huh. is this but I do think I told her um therapy I said start there mm. because I personally don't think I would have had even the like the self-belief, the um, self-trust to go down the road, mm-hmm. you know, if I hadn't. And, um, you know, that I would say is the most important thing, place to start is what I told her. But, um, you know, it's not like you have to do all the things all at once. I mean, I'm not a professional athlete. I, you know, it is a, it is like a practice for me. It's part of how I do life. And, um, you know, that's, that's sort of where that came from. But I just, I wanted to make sure too on the podcast that it was clear that like, I know, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, you just, you need to do all these things and spend all this money. You don't, but you know, piece it together and, um, you know, a couple months working with a nutritionist, a registered dietitian is what I would recommend. Um, get a, if you can at least get a plan in place. Yeah, exactly. And just understand, I mean, it is a slow process and you're going to have setbacks. I mean, I broke two toes (laughs) a month and a half ago. I DNF'd a race because it just didn't feel right. I wasn't injured, but I knew it would have, I don't, I really don't think I would be at, would have been at CIM if I had run that whole race I just yeah. my body was tight it didn't feel right that's that was a brave thing to do and I don't mean that in a way that like oh, I know I don't I don't mean to put running on a pedestal like oh you're yeah. so brave you have to race <laughs> just like you know you were saying about like hiring all the people it's like right. yes we get it this is just running but I think that if I were training for a marathon like you were CIM yeah it would have been really hard for me to like swallow my pride mm. and like DNF yeah I mean I can, I think I would have said that too, but in the moment I just knew Mm -hmm. my body just felt so tight. What do you think it was? Uh, Well, I think my SI joint was like, it shifted into a different position. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I had traveled a bunch the week Mm -hmm. before, um, I went to Chicago. Um, we think maybe like I had seen my PT after and we think maybe it could have been even hormonal. Um, just like my joints were more lax than they usually are, um, which is interesting. And just like at this stage of life, like perimenopausal, I have no idea, but, um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's what it is, but based on what I've learned from like, you know, Stacey Sims and just being a, a female athlete and working with female athletes, like, yeah, that certain periods of your cycle, you're going to have more laxity in your joints. And I think that combined with tight muscles, like it just, it just did. I, all I can say is like, I didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I was hurt, but I just felt tight. Like I couldn't find fluidity in my body. And even after a few miles. And so I was with my friend and um, co-coach Amy. And I just, I told her, I was like, I think I, 
I think I need to stop. Like this, I can't believe I'm doing this, but this does not feel yeah. right. And she was like, okay. And so it was the weird, I'd never done that before. Yeah. Um, but I just, we stopped, we stepped to the side and we walked back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, can you imagine had you finished and like injured something and then this whole CIM experience? Oh my gosh. Had, like, yeah. And it was so bizarre because two days later I was like back to feeling like myself, but that day was not my day. And it is just a reminder. Sometimes that day is not your day. Isn't you that know? annoying about race day? Yeah, it <laughs> is. Annoying. It's so annoying. I had an athlete on Sunday who DNF'd mm. um, and I'm so proud of her. And I think that she said to me, like knowing like you just did that and like, look what you did today. Like, mm-hmm. and she didn't know what my result was when she made the decision. But I did tell everyone on my team, like sometimes we just it's not our day and we have to keep the big picture in mind. Not, not just because like, yeah, it's only running and like, but also because it is running and running matters to us. Mm. And is it really worth it to hurt yourself and then not be able to, you know, have the experience that, you know, you're capable of just because like you, you know, we don't wake up in the same body every morning. We just don't. Sometimes we sleep funky or not at all or we, you know, in different periods of our hormonal cycle or I think even that day the weather was impacting me. It was the first like cold morning and I don't do well in the cold. I just that's something I know about myself and I don't think I warmed up enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was kind of hoping the first few miles would have felt like a warm up, but that it was in Durham, which is super hilly. And I just think like there were too many hills too soon. My body was like, uh, no, this is not going to fly. So you should stop. You know, I think that one time I, somebody ridiculed me for like talking about age too much on the podcast, but oh. it's something I like, I don't know if ridicule is the right word, but they, they said they got annoyed that I talked about age so much and it's something I think about a lot. Mm. I probably think about age more than most people, but okay. I'm super inspired that you did this at 45, you know, yeah. at 38. And I think about the way I talk about age now. I'm like five years ago, you know, I thought, you know, yeah. 33 yeah. seemed older to me right? now. And now I'm 38 and I'm going to be 45. Yeah. You know, you're, you are seven years ahead of me. And oftentimes I think about it and I'm like, Am I done trying to run fast? Right. Am I just done? Because I always thought after my last baby, like that would be the time to like mm. ramp things up and run hard again. And I and I would squeeze in PRs between babies and things like that. Mm. But I have to say now that my ba- my youngest is three, I still just like want to run for fun. Yeah. And I throw down a tempo run every once in a while, but I don't feel like running super fast and lots of miles. And I'm like, am I letting it go? Am I gonna, am I gonna run? Am I gonna want to race a marathon again? But seeing what you did, like after that, like seven year process, eight year process at 45 in such a healthy way, not overtraining. um, I'm like, oh, maybe you should just, because I thought I need to get it in. Oh, I always thought, right. like, like what need, if I'm running out of time? I'm running out of time. Thing. Like, uh-huh. I need to, I need to get it done so right. that, like, I can be like, yes, I ran that 305 or whatever it is, and I'm satisfied. So then I can just hang it up. Mm. But I'm like, well, maybe, you know, your youngest is three. You don't have babies anymore, but maybe you do just need to like enjoy. I think you it. need to enjoy. It. I would. I feel like what this has taught me. 
um, is like, it's just, it's all about who knows what's possible. You know, I don't, I actually don't think that like, that's the fastest I'll ever run. No, you know, no I way. Just, like know that. And I don't, there's no ticking clock. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the road ahead is, but I know that my best chances of like discovering that are to just have fun and be in the moment and do what feels right to me my heart and my body so like where you are right now running for fun that's what you should be doing there Mm -hmm. isn't any like shoulding necessarily in this and you know also like it's kind of funny because PR like we get we celebrate our PR you know and we're super happy with it and then you know then you wonder you're like I wonder what else I could do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so like I think it's really important to be like to to really be present with that it's not about the number if I when I was like my first marathon took me over five and a half hours wow that was 21 years ago this was my 22nd marathon on Sunday and I ran it in a 309 so what two and a half hours basically faster and I don't I would never have known that I was capable of a 309 if I like hadn't just continued to engage in the process, to enjoy it, to be curious, to have fun with it, you know, those are the moments that I feel like I like where I inspired myself mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, because I think I got when I started focusing on the numbers, I didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. as much. I mean, even though I did run the PR, I, like I said, I was curled up in the fetal position and like really sick, you know. And so what is that worth a, a number? No, no, it's definitely not. And I just have I think it's just so fun to like do this thing and find out what what I mean, it's like this whole is an adventure, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just think. Don't put any timelines on yourself. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's different. And your body is most likely like really appreciating this restful time. Like I know you're still like super busy and taking care of kids and all of that. But there's a difference when you have to do that stuff. Right. And so if you give yourself these periods, like that's why I didn't do marathon for two years each time, you know. Hey friends, a quick break here. Go get yourself some gooder shades. This is my favorite sunglass because it's affordable and they have super cute options and they don't slip around when you run. I wear my gooder shades every day. I'm kind of a sunglass freak actually. I always have sunglasses. They're not on my face, they're on my head. I never leave the house without my sunglasses. And gooder has all sorts of different models. They have really fun colors and designs. Really cute basic models as well. I love their aviators and I love their runway shades. The breakfast run to Tiffany's is one of my favorite sunglasses that I wear on a regular basis. You all can save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15. That's another 15 at checkout. And that'll save you 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. I mean, and it's like, I was just saying to Glenn on Saturday, um, what did we do? Oh, we just, you know, at like 8.30, we went downtown and got bagels and came back. And Mm -hmm. 
I lifted weights at like one in the afternoon. Yeah. And like jogged a mile to warm up. And then I, and then I ran on Sunday, you know, Mm -hmm. and it like, there was a point in life where it was like, no, you run long on Saturday mornings. You know what I mean? Right, right, And I was like, oh, it's so nice to just like work out. I work out like six days a week. Yeah. And, and I do like a healthy amount, you know, sometimes I do an hour, sometimes I do 30, like this morning I did literally probably 35 minutes. I did 15 minutes on the bike and I lifted yeah. my arms and I got showered before, you know, I needed to go watch yeah. Russell's Christmas performance. But Aww. my point is like, it's just so nice to be like, I am committed to being active and like, that's what my body feels good doing. I like right. to get a, like a extra exertion where I'm like running those faster times, like maybe once a week and I'm just healthy. Like I just, you know, yeah, I think that, you know, sometimes like I would say for me, I am very goal motivated. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, I mean, I'm enjoying my taper right now and like putting real clothes on and stuff like that. But I, I, I thrive off of that structure. Like I know that it's not about having a goal. It doesn't need to be a goal to run my fastest ever. Um, But I want something there that I feel like gives me structure because I like the rhythm and the routine. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, that my personality would be able to do what you're doing. Like, just like just wake like, up in the I morning and think, like, oh, no, I, I like love plans and <laughs> calendars and organizing. Like I thrive off of that. Um, and I mean, I just get so excited to see what David has planned for me. And it's, you know, even though right now it's rest and eating a lot, like, you know, it's just kind of like what gives me like rhythm and structure, structure to my day and ensures that I do prioritize not, I mean, yes, my health, but also like my mental and emotional like clarity and space. It's like how I, if I were a plant, it's how I water myself. <laughs> like, you know, um, so I totally appreciate what you're saying. I just don't know that it would work for me. <laughs> well, and that is true. That is what I'm doing. I'm watering myself. Yeah, you when are. I, do I know when I wake up in the morning, I'm probably going to take one rest day a week, maybe mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. So I know that there'll be something that's done, but it's not planned or structured it's like oh I didn't run yesterday so I'll probably do I usually commit to like five miles and then maybe I do seven like I'm just yeah 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 I I am so much more like you want to know like what's on the schedule today when I yeah it's totally see that stresses me out like because I think I have a commitment phobia that's why hiring a coach yeah or anything like that I'm like I can't do that like I need to be the I need to be the author of this Uh you know um okay so real quick let's talk about David's training philosophy because I love that he doesn't give you paces it's all based on effort he knows what your goals are though yeah and so I just I love that and I I tell you know I coach a very small handful of athletes myself but like that's what I'm always like effort 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 yeah, yeah. you know you have to think about that like with the hills and the heat and the yeah you know all the things um how did you have faith in that plan, though? <laughs> I mean, it was working. Yeah. So I, you know, I generally tend to run by effort anyways. I was more curious. It got like when I got to, I would say, like the last probably six weeks of my training block, we started doing more spe- marathon specific long runs. And but he's still telling you effort, not paces. totally. He's saying marathon effort. He's not and saying 709. Never once. Nope, 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 nope. And so, and like, I mean, I've been running for long enough that like, I generally know what that should feel like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it's, 
it's just funny. Like I didn't have a lot race results much to go off of. Like when I get sciencey and I want to see like, okay, how did I didn't do that half. I yep. think if I had done that half, I would have probably been like more focused on a number, which so maybe it's a godsend that too that like I Yeah, because what if you would have run like a one thirty seven? Like how am I gonna yeah, do a three? Like and that was really hilly, like who knows? Um, but yeah, like I I I trusted it because I just I felt so good the whole time when he told me marathon effort like there were some runs where I did like a mile on a mile easy you know a mile marathon a mile easy and I would do like maybe four sets of that inside a long run or I would do you know I, one workout I remember this was the confidence filter for me I think I did 10 miles at marathon inside a long run of like I think it was supposed to be 21 mile long run with 10 at marathon and then like a mile or two easy and then two what he described as hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And so, and those two were like sub seven. Yeah. Um, and the marathon ones were all, like I said, like between, I was on the tobacco trail, which has some like gentle rollers, which I think was a great place to do those long runs for me, especially for a race like CIM. Um, but like my paces ranged from like 705 to seven, I think, in the 720s because sometimes there was like a lot more climbing and you can't get in your head about that I couldn't get in my head about that and I I remember responding to him and just being like this was what the paces were I always tell him my paces and even though he's like just doesn't care (laughs) Um, but I always do because I would say I I like I coach and I run with like a hybrid of like effort and I like just when you're trying to race a marathon like I just think it's helpful to know because I do want my athletes I want to make sure they don't go out too fast and yeah like, and some people some people might so really many need to think people about paces. need to just understand yeah. like how to correlate what this feels like to what uh-huh. it looks like and like the numbers are going to be changing as yeah. we get fitter or as we come back from a setback and whatnot or as the heat comes through and things like that but you know, practicing that like ability to correlate has really helped me. And so when I told him the numbers, I knew he knew my goal because he was like, perfect. This is exactly where we want to be. And so he would give me that reassurance that like he I know your goal. I know you've got this. We're in the right place. He never said we might need to readjust the goal. Like, you know, nothing like that. Even like days before my race, I told him, I was like, here's what I'm thinking about my execution for CIM. Like, what do you think? And he wrote me back. He was like, don't overthink it. This race is all about celebration and love. I love him. And I was like, okay. And so it just made me smile. And I was like, he's totally freaking right. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to go for it. And I did. And so I think David's coaching philosophy is absolutely hits the nail on the head it's totally right for me and um it's you know for someone like I am totally type a like very I can I can over definitely overthink things and he's just such a great balance for that with with me um I appreciate like he mandates rest once a week for sure. I, love I wanted that because I mandate that as well as a I'm coach. all for that one day I know a week I needed. rest. There were times when I was coached before where it was like I knew I could run more. And so they had me running more. And maybe in the moment it was okay, but then things started to get not okay. And, you know, it doesn't always show up while you're doing it. Right. And so. I when I reached out to David to ask him if he um, would coach me, 
I that was a big reason why is I knew his philosophy on on that and um it's just totally jived for me. I mean, listen everybody, if Jared Ward can take every Sunday off, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we can all take a rest day. Totally. I mean, it's I get it. There's there's something to be said for running on fatigued legs in order to train for a marathon. You, can, you can do, do that. that. Six, I mean, I did that every Sunday was my yeah. like day after my long run and I would do David always would have me do like a moderate distance you know anywhere from like eight to even as much as like 12 miles listen Jess and I went for a run on a Sunday (laughs) and she had run that 21 miler the day before I think that was the day you did with 16 oh yeah Yeah. 90 percent effort or something like that and I was like I can do probably six to eight a just because of where I am in life like training wise but b time because I had to get back for something and you're like yeah I think I'm just gonna do 10 and I'm like oh my gosh you ran 21 (laughs) miles yesterday and you're gonna run 10 today yeah and then Monday I got to take the day off and that's also too like part of what I think I love about marathon training or just run training in general and why even if I don't like have a specific goal goal like I'm gonna be having a plan because I love the rhythm like Monday is always my is rest that always day. your rest day always my rest day that's and a good day to it's rest the best day to rest especially as like a working mom like I love it and then Friday is always like just four miles that's nice um, you know sometimes I think we got up to like six during like the peak of my training but it's a short run I love that. and he usually writes in there or rest or cross train mm. like I have option on that day I almost always run but not always I have taken like unplanned rest days just when I felt like I needed it I think that's the biggest area of growth from like a running specific standpoint training is like honoring my body and my like mental and emotional state like if it's not what I need it's always okay to it's like an insurance policy Mm -hmm. you know and so I'm a firm believer in that for sure man there's something really refreshing too about taking your rest day on Monday because part of me is like I like to get the week started off with like with a good workout Mm -hmm. but also part of me is like it's kind of refreshing to I not have a it. commitment, right? Like, oh, I love it. I get my whole life in order. Yeah. I can plan my whole week. Yeah. <laughs> I get like, you know, a lot of stuff done on Mondays. It's great. I think like, and it's only, it's not like that big of a time chunk, but I'm not oh, getting yeah. out. I'm not worrying about my run in the morning. So it's just, it's just great because I do my running usually in the morning. So it's just a nice way to start the day and the week. I love it. Yeah. I'm a big 930. I know this is like, probably annoying to some people and it's like a, you know like if you have a normal hour job well right right like can't do it but yeah. like getting my kids dropped off at school and working out at, from like 9 30 to 10 30 mm-hmm. that's totally my jam because mm-hmm. I want to be up for like a good two two three yeah. hours before yeah. I you yeah. know go ahead oh, totally um so like looking back this has been like such a process mm-hmm. I mean that's what I kept saying when I was like you know, seeing your pictures and I, I was even texting other friends about Aww. you, like, like Ashley. She texted. Oh, she did. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Like you just, you hear from everybody. Yeah. And, you know, it's so great. And I was just like, I, that whole group of girls, I was like, this is like so much more than like you running a 309 marathon. Mm-hmm. There's just like so much wrapped into this. Yeah. And so if you were like looking back on the last eight years, like what would you say to your like, your eight year ago self and then your three year ago self. You know what I mean? Mm, That's a really good question. I think, um, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think like 
eight years ago, like six to eight years ago, I would have just wanted her to know that she could trust the slow road. It's kind of one of those things like if you're lucky, the time is going to pass no matter how you choose to spend it. Right. And so like every day is a choice um, and you know you're going to choose what is right for you and that can be really scary because it is not, there are no guarantees and it, it there's no shortcuts you know I tried shortcuts not really intentionally but that's what I was doing right and it did not lead me to a beautiful road <laughs> um so like take the long way I guess like trust that slow road um uh three years ago let's see different world too no pandemic yet um, sure. You know, so I guess I think I had a broken toe three years ago. <laughs> I had broken toe twice in the last like three years. Um, just knocking it into a wall in my house both times. <laughs> you were probably thinking, what is going on, man? Yeah, like I think like I needed to know then that like I actually do believe now looking back that those things didn't happen to me. They happened for me. I think my body needed those like forced breaks and they weren't running injuries but it was like a you know almost like a way to protect myself from overdoing it because I was eager mm-hmm. um and like maybe moving too quick like trying to do too much in both of those cases like literally I was like my head was there and my feet were there, you know? Um, and so there were moments where I was like, okay, like you need to trust this process and like trust your setbacks too. Um, because they're blips, Mm -hmm. they're blips, you know, and they do teach you to have a lot more appreciation for where you're at, you know, when you get through them. They don't feel like blips in the moment, but they are. No, they're so annoying and they can be so disheartening. I mean, like my foot baby, as I called it, nine months was a That's long a time. That's a long freaking time. That was a long time. And I mean, I got into swimming. I was like, I at that point, I do. I remember just wondering if I would ever um, be a distance runner again. You know, I didn't really know what was going on with my foot. I didn't know if it would get fixed. I have like, you know, nothing is um, guaranteed. You know, so soak it up and like just really honor your body. And I'm glad that I learned how to do that. Um, Albeit maybe the hard way. I wouldn't necessarily wish that upon anyone, you know, to to take those like wrong turns, so to speak. Um, But at the same time, like that's what I needed in order to go the right way. Um, So I think I would tell myself like it's okay. You're you're on the right path. Do you struggle with the eating ever? I really don't. That's amazing. I, I really don't. Like I, but that's, I mean, struggle is, would just not be the right word. Okay. Like, um, I don't think about it. I don't think about it like I did before at all. Like it's not, it's not like that, but I know that it is a pattern inside of me that it's not something I, um, get rid of this is my philosophy on it and like my experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't want to project that onto sure. anyone else, but like the way my therapist has helped me see it. And like mostly what she's done with me is cognitive behavioral therapy, which I actually think also has helped a ton with my running, like just repatterning your brain and like how you talk to yourself and what your mindset is in any challenging moment. And so I've been able to apply that 
to my relationship to stressful situations where I can see like she kind of described it like I have a toolbox when life is hard right and inside that toolbox are ways to manage the hard stuff in life and one of the tools that I developed as a young girl was eating disorder um you know I suppressed my appetite and didn't eat um due to like stressful environment and traumas in my childhood, I was someone that withdrew. That was my strategy. So like I actually have this memory of going underneath the kitchen table um, during like a stressful time in my family. And I like through my work with Leslie, it was this like aha moment of like, oh my gosh, I've been going under the kitchen under the table, table my whole life. Like this is hard. I'm scared. I'll make myself smaller and like disappear. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I don't want to get like too emotional here, but that was like this, like she really took me through this journey of like loving that little girl and learning, like instead of having shame around like, Oh, Jess, that's like, why are you doing this to yourself and like hurting everyone who loves you because you're hurting yourself. Right. Um, but like, it's because that, that was like a behavior in my my little girl self, she didn't really know what else to do, you know? Um, And so that pattern is inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so Leslie was like, love yourself through that. No, like you can't take this tool out of the bag and throw it away. It's part of you. And it's part of what makes you a beautiful person. It's part of what makes you human. And so don't try to like should your way out of it or shame yourself or any of that. Like you have to love yourself. So I can look in that tool bag in those moments and I can see it there. Mm. Sometimes I can feel myself like, you know, going there, you know, if like, you know, during the holidays, for example, like over Thanksgiving, that could feel really stressful. Um, But it was actually a really wonderful time because I didn't take it. I didn't use it, you know, Um, and I can find other ways of like setting boundaries and having like healthy coping mechanisms, talking to Robert, people that I love, my mom and my sisters, like, you know, I can choose something different. So for me, it's not like I, I don't ever really think of it as like, I am putting it in the past tense. Like I am recovered. I am aware of my recovery and I am aware of like who I am in a whole new way. Um, So I can choose something better for myself. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. So that's, that's how I'm like, I'm sort of like thinking out loud and explain it, but it totally does. You know, it's always, it's like so interesting to think about like as a parent, Mm. you just always thought like when you were a kid that your parents like just had stuff figured out oh my gosh (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like I I saw a meme or something somewhere that or somebody shared something on Instagram that was like the hardest part of one of the hardest parts of like motherhood is like you're trying to help these little humans like Mm -hmm. come into their own being and be their own like awesome selves Mm -hmm. and grow into this Mm -hmm. human adult or whatever when once they get there well, you're also still like growing up yourself, discovering all totally. these things about yourself and like 
figuring it all out yourself. Yeah. Like even at 38, even at 45, yeah. like we don't, we're still figuring it out. Totally. But you I, didn't think that. You, you, mom oh, knows all, you know, yeah, when you're it looks like so different. I'm finishing up reading that book Grit by Angela Duckworth. Have you read it? I started it on audio and got bored. Okay. Maybe I, I should am read loving it. it. Okay. I'm almost done with it, but she actually has like a whole section on grit for parenting. I think Tina Muir has had her on her podcast. Oh, cool. I'll I have think. to listen to that. Well, she talked about like the origin of the word parenting. I think it's like to bring forth, mm. um, which I loved. But um, yeah, like she, she was saying how like, you know, we're still in the process of growing up and like back in I think in like the 20s it was like do not cut all your children do not totally you know, it was like these crazy rules and now it's like we talk to our kids about you know how they're feeling yep. we encourage them to just try to put forth the effort it's not about the result and like I mean it's like the whole world around parenting has oh it's totally changed, changed you know and I feel like I'm just so grateful I'm like in the now instead of in the 20s because I don't think that would have like flown for me <laughs> at all as a, a mom or a kid. But, you know, it's just so interesting how like I, I am really vulnerable with my kids and at, at like even with this, the marathon thing, like I called them when we got back to the hotel and got on FaceTime and I was like, because they all stayed home and like my sister watched them and uh, the dog too and I was just like so grateful to everybody for letting Robert and I, you know, doing that for us. And I said to Abby, my daughter, who's 16, I was like, thank you for supporting me in my crazy dreams. And she doesn't run. And, and she was like, Mama, I love your dreams. Like, it's not. I'm so proud of you. Her friends were texting me. Her friends were tracking me. I got a text from one of her friends. Great job, Jay Bunny. That's what they call me. <laughs> Marathon queen. And it's just like so awesome. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, we have to share these things. We have to talk about it. And um, I'm just so, I'm so, I'm, I'm so thankful that my kids can see me put myself out there and, and try. You I know? mean, it's so important for us to show our kids. Like, I think, you know. Glenn, my husband, if anybody knows him, like he would like roll his eyes at me saying this, like, oh, you're always so like emotional <laughs> about things and out there. But like, it truly is so important to for our kids to see us like pursue dreams, you know? Totally. Um, And I struggle with that sometimes, like when I have interviews or things like that and I feel guilty because I'm like right. something's scheduled right when they get home and I'm like, I feel like I should be like pouring into them. But like, that's so important for them to see like, no, like I... I'm a person too outside totally. of being your mom and I need to yeah. pursue these goals and for them to see that is important. But side note, your kids are so awesome. <laughs> oh, like you. I, like when we first came to visit Raleigh, um, we went to Jess's house like for an afternoon and hung out and I was like, I don't know that I've ever been in the presence of like teenagers that <laughs> were that engaging with me Aww. and they didn't even know me. They're so awesome. <laughs> you know, especially Will because he's a yeah, boy. Yeah. Like, you know, I shouldn't say that. I, I shouldn't know, generalize I know what that. You but mean. like, yeah, he no, sat there and he was like, like conversational mm -hmm. and you can't expect that out of every kid. Part of that's nature. Part of that's sure, nurture. But sure. like, it was very like, I don't know. It made me feel less scared of the teenage years <laughs> yeah for sure I mean it's they are they are really fun. and I know you'll say it's not it's all not at everything yeah totally totally there but you know what it is we talk about it mm. and so that makes it less scary 
for me is like Mike. I mean, it's hard, you know, but they, you know, Abby actually took the SAT on Saturday while we were in California, um, which like wasn't great timing, yeah. but we didn't know that when we made the plans and then turned out. And so like that was that was stressful. Mm-hmm. My daughter's taking the SAT. She has test anxiety just like I did. I had to take it like three times and get a tutor and, you know, <laughs> I, you um, don't even want to know what so, I scored on the SAT. You know, like that was stress. I mean, she totally she just did a great job and, you know, she wasn't like freaking out at all. But, you know, we talked about it. And so I think like, I guess I feel like I know we're like going on a tangent with this, but one thing that has really worked for me and my husband is just everything, you know, like we see them, it's our job to like, um, help show them the path, not, take them on the path mm-hmm. you know what I mean like we're and in order to do that like we have to talk about stuff you know and so sometimes those conversations are hard and ultimately though like we're in, all in it together yeah so yeah they're awesome thank you <laughs> we were on a run the other day and um uh Abby called oh and she called and I'm like hi Abby she's like oh hi Lindsay like just like so friendly and just <laughs> I don't know. They're great kids. But you guys, another podcast. We'll have Jess on is for Why oh, Is fun. Everyone Yelling. I've thought about that. I'm like, I actually should have you on Why Is Everyone Yelling? Because you're like a few steps ahead of me. Mm. Her, Jess's youngest is a little bit older than my oldest. Yep. So he's 10, right? Yeah. And my oldest mm-hmm. is nine. So, um, and I've watched, I've watched this yeah. from, you know, we've been following each other online since Gus was probably like two. Yeah, definitely. Which is crazy. Like or maybe time. even one. Maybe even one. I was just thinking. Like, yeah. You, he was Because I kind of think I remember when you were pregnant. Yeah, with Marshall for yeah. the first time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, you guys all go follow Jess Pace of Me on Instagram. She has a great coaching stuff, you know, situation going on with Amy, <laughs> who's also a local Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Raleigh so runner. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's fun to talk about. (laughs) I love it. So excited for you. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Jess, for sharing your story. I know you helped somebody today. I mean, it's really just such a beautiful, beautiful story. And I'm so freaking proud of you. Uh, don't forget to follow Jess on social media. She is pace of me over there and check out her art business. We run on art. What an incredible woman. I'm so grateful. I get to call her my friend. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. I'm Lindsay Hine, six, two, six. Go check out that post uh, CIM interview I did with Sarah Vaughn over there. That was super fun. I hope that you are having a restful December gearing up for the holidays. I'm so grateful that you choose to spend your time with me every week. Or if you're new here, welcome. I'm grateful to have you. Um, This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which is my sweet little network that I started last year. I guess I started in 2019, but it's been a slow grow and uh, we just have a brand new website that we had built if you go to sandyboyproductions.com you can browse around on there and see everything we have to offer as well as the other shows in the network including my podcast for parents why is everyone yelling 
I think I need to have Jess and her daughter Abby on the show because it's always great to hear from parents that are just a few steps ahead of you, right? Okay, grateful for you. Have a great day, a wonderful Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. Congrats if you ran CIM. Uh, And as always, we'll see you next Friday.